Wham, wham, what it do? Bark Bjork, bark. Hey, buddy. What's hadgenin? <laughs> so, because we've forgotten uh, for a couple weeks in a row, and I will forget if we start talking about stuff. Oh, shit. We got to do a, a just top of the show right out the gate. We got to do a shout out. Let's go. <laughs> because it's a let's it's a almost three week late birthday shout out. <laughs> well, dag blam it. That one's on Coach Tracy. Yes. All right. We'll take fully on us, but we'll take the heat for this one. Hopefully a top of the show shout out makes a little bit better difference. Yes. We got a shout out from Crystal. Happy birthday Uh-oh. to my favorite cryptozoologist and dog dad, Chris. Happy belated birthday. I hope your birthday is everything you could ask for, and I'm so happy I get to spend every pandemic day with you. Love, Crystal, a.k.a. Squatch Watch, partner in crime, and future ghost. Yo. The promise to haunt someone is is very strong. I approve of that message. I, I, I mean, not necessarily haunt someone. You could just be a ghost. Well, that's what ghosts do, right? Isn't it? Not by definition. I thought just by being a ghost, you were actively haunting. Is that incorrect? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you want to be a ghost just so you could, like, go watch plays from the attic, you know? Hmm. Aren't you haunting the attic then? I mean, I guess. I feel like haunting is, like, actively trying to scare somebody in that situation. Oh. I'm saying, like, maybe you just want to hang around a little I, while longer I, and see some stuff. I thought I was thinking more like if some if a place is occupied by ghosts, it is by definition haunted. But that that might right, that might right. be incorrect. I'm not sure. It's like, what is the difference between a place being haunted and a ghost haunting? Because I feel like haunting is more like an active verb so against a, like a someone. We're saying verb versus whatever that other part of speech is. Ad- adjective. <laughs> I never really learned those. You got it. No, Bark, you got it. Bjork. You got it. Bark. <laughs> you got it. Nice. <laughs> you nailed it. Um, well, you know what? I like the concept either way, uh, Crystal. That yeah, you're committing to either haunting a place, or or haunting a person, or making a place haunted. Yes, correct. <laughs> Happy birthday, Chris. We're sorry we were late on your birthday, uh, but we love you, and so does Crystal. Happy birthday. And the lateness was 100% our fault, not Crystal's. Yes. <laughs> For the record. Yes. Your For the partner, record, we your partner up. did it right, and we, guess what? We did it wrong. <laughs> if you had Big. to bet on who fucked that up, it's probably us. <laughs> probably not a shocker if, if you picked us. Speaking of parts, it's parts of speech, and we were listening to Kendrick Lamar a moment ago. Yes. Remember when he put out that diss track to like everyone? I forget what that song was called. It was called Control. That's the one. And he said something about, I don't want to hear one more noun or verb from y'all. Yep. And Mac Miller responded with, fine, but I'm going to drop all the hottest adjective and adverb raps you've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) That's just Just tremendous. Just a funny thing that I remembered. Just tremendous. <laughs> it would have been pretty great if Mac had responded with an entire song that didn't use a noun or a verb. That would... Could you? How far can you get without it, nouns and verbs? You would not have a grammatically correct sentence in the entire thing. You technically could do it. Be rapped, rapping like that... Uh, what was that? Be like some Blackalicious, Feral Monch shit. 
where ABCs. You, where you take like the, the the cute rhyme scheme so far that like now you're just actually not saying anything. But mm-hmm. but you put on your KRS one voice and people are like, Oh dip he did it. <laughs> Gotta have a lot of dense syllables and absolutely no <laughs> meaning. And boy oh boy, that's rap if you want it to be. I think. You know, like logic or <laughs> Oh get em. Use your own logic, said Token on a song. Get him. Um, I thought you meant the rapper logic. Oh, no, I did. But Token is a rapper who dissed him by saying something very similar and said, Ryan, no one listens. And said, use your own logic. Can't reference battle rap in casual conversation. Like, people are going to know what you're talking about, bud. You you just brought up a diss record. That's what this is. I explained the concept, though. No one knows. Talking about, like, the, the, the Saurus versus fucking... I don't even know any other. Lil Mac, <laughs> circa 08. First of all, it's Ill Mac. Fuck. <laughs> See? Second of all. Uh, Proving my own point. Uh, these references don't hit, Ryan. You know what my favorite part of that Kendrick Lamar diss track was? What? It, it wasn't even his song. <laughs> That's right. What Was that uh, he, Jay Electronica? He made it. Right? Or who he, was that? No. No, bro, he made all that mess on Big Sean's song. Man, I wish we could was, play that song right now. It was a single for Big Sean's record, and he went so ham on that second verse that Sean <laughs> left it off his record because he was like, Fuck. That's right, because that I, that was only ever like on SoundCloud and shit, right? He was like, dude, he murdered me and everybody well, else on this fucking song. I mean, to be fair, it's Big Sean. Hey, <laughs> Big Sean has some very redeemable qualities. He does, and being like a great rapper is not one of them. Oh, <laughs> that shit's mean. I like Big Sean a lot. Hi, it's the What If Podcast where we talk about ghosts and raps. I guess we and do this. Pretty much whatever we want, and yep. we're glad you're here. Thank you for being here, y'all. We love you. Uh, if Also, if you want to do a shout out, like crystal Ugh. yeah we you really go to shop.whatifpodcast.com for 50 bones we'll tell someone you love them three or four weeks after you want us to yeah or <laughs> or we won't see our email for a couple weeks until you follow up with us asking where the fuck your shout out went we see our email sometimes things just get buried we get a lot of email can't help it well we can but we can't we could we definitely anyway. could <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be that hard Anyway, what's up with you, man? What are you doing? Oh, man. Um, I have a story that also, in a roundabout way, brought me some joy this morning, if we want to do that segment. I I, I would love to. Okay. Tell me about your joy this week. So I, I went outside this morning and- Why? Well, oh yeah, for context, this is important. It's uh, It was negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit this morning in Minneapolis, which- I don't know what the Celsius conversion is, but it's pretty close to the point where they're the same down there. If you go far enough down, <laughs> right. if you go far enough down there, they get to be the same at like forty it's, or negative forty or something. It's because the scale breaks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what happens down there? So it's um, it's negative tw- twenty this morning, and uh, I'm walking out to my garage, and I've got my dog or my dog's leash in one hand, and a, a mug of coffee in the other hand. And I go to get my keys out of my pocket, and my mug of coffee slips out of my hand directly onto the middle of my dog's back. 
Oh no, <laughs> Marcy. <laughs> and so it's in a like a travel mug, but I had the little lid flipped up, so the spout was open. And it sort of and he got a spritz of hot coffee and, all over him, and so it sort of like spun around on his back once, sprayed coffee all over his back, and then fell at his feet right in front of him. That poor bastard was probably so confused. He's like, it's 20 below out, and you got 120-degree coffee on well, my back. yeah, luckily his fur is real long right now, so it just kind of like sat on top of him. It didn't actually get down to his skin. So he, he turned into a coffee-sickle instantly? So he immediately just starts trying to lap the coffee up off the sidewalk. I got, I got to run him back inside and dry him off before he is a frozen coffee icicle. <laughs> and then we were on our way out, so... I come back out of the house like a minute later and the puddle of coffee has already frozen. Oh yeah. At the step of my, there's like a little, you know, six inch step up into my garage. Right. Right. So now every time you step out of my garage, you're stepping straight. Your first step is onto a small coffee skating rink. Bruh. It was an eventful morning. (laughs) You gotta be, you gotta be careful there, man. That's that's a uh, that's another spill waiting to happen, but a different kind of spill. Yes. That's a body spill, not a coffee spill. But yeah, Marcy had no idea what happened because I don't think he ever felt the coffee on him. He just got like punched in the back, and then there was coffee on the ground that he got a few laps of. So you know, he's gonna be extra lit, almost, extra lit at daycare this morning. I was just gonna say your dog has uh, a lot of energy. At certain points, mm-hmm. and I feel like your dog on coffee is like a that's like a scary, <laughs> yeah, that's a scary concept right there. Uh, I spilled some once when he was real little, and he got a he got a few laps of it, and now he's just like convinced that it's a thing that he likes because he can't have it. It's the forbidden brown juice, right? <laughs> Even though like there's no way that tastes good to him, and usually it's hot. I, I can't imagine that's enjoyable, but. Yeah, you don't even put sugar in your coffee. No, it's just black coffee. Yeah. Yeah, so, so at least he's not, not gonna be, even like it's he's not gonna be sticky or anything. <laughs> There's no milk or sugar I guess in there. That's true. It's not gonna smell like sour milk later. He's gonna smell like a coffee bean. He usually stinks anyway. It's fine. It'll probably help him out. <laughs> It'll be a, a different stink at least. He doesn't shed, so he just acquires smells until you give him a bath. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. That <laughs> is a really gross way to phrase that he just acquires smells. It's true though. It's like if you just wore the same clothes every day and never washed them, you'd pick up all kinds of gross shit eventually. Yeah, we need the season back where we can spray our our dad dogs down with Dude, the outdoor bath is a, is key. A, a yard hose. Yeah. Yeah, he call it, he also hates getting baths. Good. All right, bud. What's uh what's yes, bringing sir. you joy lately? <sighs> I should I should always I should always and I don't look it's tough right now for everybody sure um tough time of year I mean I, tough stuff going on in the world I was really stretching it by you know classifying mild mildly assaulting my dog as my joy <laughs> for the week <laughs> Inadvert- inadvertently spilling hot liquid on your yeah. animal um you know, I'll say uh, for Valentine's Day yesterday, it was the wind chill yesterday was like 30 below or like negative 29 or something like that. 
And wifey and I decided to just say, you know what? You can't, can't beat us. And, uh, and we put on like five layers and covered every square inch of exposed skin. And we went Fuck for like no. a four mile walk Fuck on no. Valentine's day yesterday. Yikes. In, How did that go? In the temps. Honestly, honestly, it was kind of great. Okay. Did you bring the I pumper? Mean, first of all, we enjoyed our day. No, hell no. That, yeah, okay. That when the dog goes outside to go to the bathroom, she's immediately like picking up her paws and runs back in. And she's part husky, part Akita. It, yeah. This is even brutal for her. So no, we we let we left her at home with a with a bone to keep her busy. But no, wifey and I braved it and we felt proud of saying, You can't hold us down, <laughs> coldest day of the year. You guys silly? I'm still gonna send it. <laughs> we still we still sent it. And it was great. Nice. Uh, honestly, man, if you do cover every every area of exposed skin and you get a good pair of goggles, you kind of start sweating when you're out there, which seems impossible. Just gonna send not. it. So we uh, we fought the demons back. The demons hate fresh air. I almost died. That's me every time I let the dog outside. I don't even go outside. Just open we, the door, and just immediately there's a rush of. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I we uh, there's a bridge by our house that you're aware of, and we walked across that bridge and back. And the only thing exposed in my entire face is there's some vents in my goggles mm -hmm. to let like air go out so that they don't fog off. At fog up and the wind just started like blasting me in the face walk, coming through that little air vent you walked across the river yeah and back again that's just of all the places well, you yeah. could have walked why that i want to look i want to be as high up in the air and as exposed as possible please that wind that wind got me and yeah, i 100 no <laughs> had the thought I'm in danger as it was like cutting through my goggles into my eyebrows. I'm getting dickered on this one. <laughs> it was wild, but we went for it and we felt proud and a sense of success when we were done. Well done, I guess. Because, because you. you survived, great choice. Yes, that would have been a poor choice if the, <laughs> if the alternative had been true. If you had perished, bad idea. You would have said, hey, bud, why did you do that? <laughs> Where'd you go? Seems like a pretty bad idea. Ryan, we haven't played voicemails in a minute, and we have some <laughs> we have some important ones. Well, hot diggity damn. Let's hear from the listeners. Uh our voicemail line's always open. 612-246-4614. Boop. Internationally, you put a one in front of it. Nice. Uh, to call us here in the States. You because USA and... is number one. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Don't. I hate it. If you, this is your first Good time, we job. don't believe it. <laughs> All right, here you go. If you're new here, that was sarcasm. Hi, guys. This is Michelle from the Chicago area. I just Hi, Michelle. listening to the horse napping episode, which was oh. equally hilarious and devastating. So thank you. Um, I did want to let Sorry. you know that I Googled, which I thought you guys Googled it too, but maybe we weren't on the same uh Google. Uh, it says horses that are down for a while, meaning I typed in do horses die if they lay down, and the results were horses that are down for a while will slowly succumb to death because their internal organs are quite literally crushing them to death. I was fucking so then right. I, 
Googled how long can they lay down, and they said they will usually lay down 20 to 30 minutes, but no longer than two hours. So, yeah, there's some information. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy that. <laughs> I like how people are like, hey, dumbass, because you apparently can't Google, let me Google that for you and leave it in voicemail form. I also really love the maybe we weren't on the same Google, which is clearly sarcastically being like, I guess you guys were too dumb to find this extremely basic piece of information I found. Yep. Michelle from the Chicago area. A, thank you for listening. B, thank you for being smarter than us. All right. Uh, let's try this one. I'm not leaving my name because I would like to remain anonymous. I guess technically this message is more for uh, your friend Lydia than it is for you, Spencer and Ryan, but uh, hi. Um, I don't believe hi. Lydia has a uh, proclivity for uh, the ladies, but if I'm in, incorrect on that, or even, even if I'm not, I, I would just like to say that, uh, hi, Lydia, I think you're really pretty, and I love your voice. And if you would like a tree spotting buddy who could hold your hand next, to Hyperion the giant tree, uh, give me a call. <laughs> or, you know, just like, I don't know, shout something out in the Facebook. I don't know. I don't know what the point of this was. Uh, oh, we need some help, motherfuckers. <laughs> Yo. Lydia being adorably hit on in our voicemails yep. is maybe maybe my new favorite use of our voicemails. <laughs> I passed that one uh, along, so I, I don't know what happened from there. But the but Lydia knows the message that has you been are passed. Down to hold her hand. Yep, and incredible, and has your phone number. So sorry, you're welcome. <laughs> However, you take that. I think that's what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that's luck, that's yo. how I read that. But sorry if that wasn't it. Good luck, everyone involved. Have fun. Uh, here we go. Dudes, you are so fucking hot. My name is Dave. <laughs> I'm from Joliet. Thanks, Dave. And Wait, are I we getting hit on? All of uh -huh. men, but one of my favorite, favorite topics is pirate transmission. So, pirate radio, pirate broadcasting, etc., cetera, uh. et cetera. And of course, I love you both, but I love one of you more, right? <laughs> All right. Which one do you, which one of us do you think he loves more? Wait, D Dave said, of course, I love you both, but I love one of you more. All right, bye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how that ended. <laughs> Bro, did we get hit on in back-to-back -back voicemails? Well, like we did And then us? Yeah, we didn't in the first one. And really, only one of us did in, I mean, in that second one. I guess. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna suspect where Dave's preferences lie. No, we can both take half a hit for that one. We'll just yeah, we'll just say, look, it could be either one of us, and that's sweet or, and kind. And or you know, maybe he's doing the thing where he's got our voices and our bodies switched. That's true. That's true. Like, so he's actually he not thinks... attracted to either of us. Right, because it's the combination of my voice and your face, or your voice and my face. Right, but if you flip them, D Dave, you're going to be disappointed. I think. Yeah, man, <laughs> I'm not that tall. Sorry. 
Or maybe that would just split his attraction into both of us and be like, well, I guess I only like you half as much, or would, but I like these parts of you. Could potentially double it. You got you got to run the whole Punnett square here, Ryan. Wow, that's true. If he if he does, mm, wow. Yeah. Wow. I, All right, Dave. Well, you'll have to go back and tell. Us. <laughs> yeah, Google us and then uh, and then get back to us. Oh <laughs> uh, fuck! All right, one more. Hey y'all, this is Cam. Uh, I got I gotta be quiet because I'm waiting on a bus. But hey, man, I got to what latest goddamn motherfucking uh, Patreon episode that fucking beat slaps, and I had to call y'all and let you know. And I called you right at the same time as y'all said it's on the record. So I'm gonna fucking slap that record. That thing fucking tickles me in my giggle box. I tell you what, goddamn <laughs> yeehaw. Yo, I god damn it. <laughs> I have Cam voicemails are a thing that I haven't gotten in a long time, and that made my day. I have several thoughts about that 18 second long voicemail. <laughs> That's you know what? That's the best part about Cam voicemails. He packs a lot into oh, a very short period of time. Very dense. Very dense, those voicemails. Uh, his record tickled you in his giggle box, my friend. So that was definitely one of the things. It tickled me in my giggle box. More more Don't. so, though, he leads by saying he's waiting either on the bus or I, it sounded like he was outdoors. So I don't think he was actually on a bus. I think he's saying at, he's at waiting it. on the bus, as in waiting on it to arrive. Right. But either way, he's implying that there are other people around, right? So he's got to be quiet. And then immediately yeah. the first thing he says is fucking goddamn shit, fuck, goddamn, <laughs> yeehaw. <laughs> like, yeah, you're fuck saying yeah. those things quietly, I guess. I guess that's better. It's almost probably weirder if you were standing at the bus stop. <laughs> See a guy just, just pick up his phone for 18 seconds, curse about a record, and then say goddamn yeehaw, and then just go back to sitting on the bus, bus bench next to you. I feel like the words motherfucking goddamn yeehaw said quietly is just a much stranger way to say those words than fucking loud as hell right i just always cam you do you because you never haven't and we love that about you no it's it's perfect please don't change anything about it it's just (laughs) i I had to note it no doubt no doubt noted uh we love y'all if you want to uh a leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614 like i said and also uh, if you want to hear that beat that Cam was referring to on the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash what if podcast. Patreon, wait. Oh my God. Patreon.com slash what if podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> For a second, uh, I was like, wait. Is it? Yeah, it's what if podcast. What, Jesus what Christ, show are you I've said on? About buddy. a thousand times. Patreon.com slash what if podcast. I was thinking what if pod because that's all our socials, but oh. I'm wrong. It's what if podcast. Yeah, uh, Twitter you just get extra episodes for only five bucks a month. Twitter just doesn't let you put that many characters in your in your at. Big facts, homie. Big fucking facts. Okay, buddy. Should we talk about the thing we we're gonna talk about? Let's talk about the thing we're gonna talk about. All right. Holes in the earth. Storing storing shit in holes. Store <laughs> the, the movie right? holes brought to you by <laughs> Disney. You you wanna um, you wanna give us a quick summary? You hit me up about this one. I hit you up about this one. This one crossed my path this week, and I was pretty fascinated by it. And I had to send it Spenny's way and say, "Hey, do you want to talk about these holes in the earth?" And he said, "Yes." Um, today we're talking about Iron Mountain, which is a company. The company is called Iron Mountain, but there's also a place called Iron Mountain, yes. which we'll talk about in a second. The company itself is uh, based in Boston, and they're 
primary service is they call it enterprise information management, but it's <clears throat> excuse me, it's just digital and physical storage is really what they do. Can we can we back up just this uh, uh, one or two steps to what this company was originally founded as? Sure. Do you know? Yes, do you know that definitely. part? Uh, it was founded by Herman Naust, who made. According to Wikipedia, which is citing Boston Biz Journal, uh, made his fortune growing and marketing mushrooms. Phenomenal. Dude, the 30s were crazy. You could make, quote, a fortune marketing mushrooms. Well, look, if he's the only one growing them in his area and he drives the demand through the ceiling, he's got expensive mushrooms. What sort of marketing are you doing for, for fungus? You're probably doing that thing where, like, I feel like a lot of marketing in the 30s was people going town to town with a truck with a sign on it being like, Harry's Magic Mushrooms, which drink them in an elixir, put, grind them up and put them in your butt. They're going to be great for you. <laughs> and it's like all the, it can solve gout and uh, sadness and tiredness. So I can understand that part. How do you make a fortune doing it? You're really, really good at marketing mushrooms. <laughs> but like how many, let's say you do a great job of marketing them. How many am I buying? I, I don't know. How many are you prepared to grind up and put in your butt? <laughs> is, that, is that the kind we're talking about? And also what kind have, is that, that you grind up and put I in have, your butt? I have no idea. I'm just saying that's part of the marketing is like, you know, if you ingest them in a certain way and you prepare them in a certain way, you're going to feel better than you feel right now. <laughs> yeah. One healthy butt. Anyway, so yes, this is how this started. And then I guess by the 50s, mushrooms were, were no longer in vogue. But the dude owned a giant mine in which he had been growing mushrooms. Right. And that, uh, instead of storing mushrooms in it later, he decided to store other stuff in it. So, uh, Her not Harry, Herman. Damn it, I already fucked his name up. Herman decided in the 50s that a good use of his uh of his cave his his mushroom cave would be to store other people's herman's, stuff herman's mushroom cave <laughs> herman's mushroom cave that's what the iron mountain was so much <laughs> oh, that's so loud sorry <laughs> i turned it way up for the voicemails and now i'm just dicked Somebody somebody thought that Iron Mountain was a cooler name than Herman's Mushroom Cave. That, they were absolutely incorrect. That person was wrong. That person was wrong. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the name was originally Iron Mountain Atomic Storage Corporation because Herman thought that at the time there was a pretty good market in the uh, 50s and onward for hey, oops, if there's going to be an atomic bomb that's going to go off, you're probably going to want your stuff safe. Dog. Put it in my mushroom cave. Quick tangent. Sure. I've been I've been doing some JPL reading, I think as we discussed last week or maybe on the Patreon or we something. Ha but, we have, we have. So that, you know, they build rockets for NASA and stuff mostly now, but they were they building do. They do. rockets and explosives for the Army back in the... 40s yep and so i'm i'm reading about like 40s and 50s jpl history but a lot of that is connected to world war ii and post-world war ii cold war atomic history in the u.s right right it is fucking 
bonkers the things that the United States and Russia were doing in the 50s with nukes. <laughs> you mean like testing and like all that stuff or what? Yeah, just making extraordinarily large nukes just to see if they could. Uh, <laughs> testing yeah. them with like very few precautions just to see what would happen. Blowing them up in space just to see what would happen. Blowing them up underwater just to see what would happen. Storing thousands of them in ways that they were like pretty sure were safe. Sometimes just losing them at sea. It's just oh no, just insane. Oh, there there are like dozens of lost nukes throughout the world. That seems terrible. That yeah, seems like a it is. That's because bad. it is. <laughs> it's not good. Yikes. The uh, I was reading about the the Japanese bombing in uh, forty. Five, right? Um, and on the like one of the runs, they their plan if they couldn't make it all the way there because this was the first time that they had used these planes under these circumstances. Obviously, yep. The plan was just to dump that atomic bomb in the ocean. I guess that's a thing you could do rather than like have to crash land that plane somewhere. Well, honestly, all of this information makes it seem a lot more reasonable for a company like this to exist if they were being so fucking careless and well, like Yeah, it was this flipping. huge huge industry at the time with like very little regulation and just unlimited money. So, it makes sense that an individual uh might see that as an opportunity if he had a giant mine in the middle of nowhere. And I have to imagine in general, once you've seen the sort of devastating effects of a nuclear bomb in 1945, in the following five to six years, there was just generally a market for people who were like, holy fuck, that is a terrifying level of devastation that so far was unknown to mankind. We might want to have a backup plan if something like that were ever to come here. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it was... So that's. We were pretty lucky to not have blown ourselves up or been blown up between like 1945 and 1990. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now, as of today, since 1951, the company's been around for 70 years. As of today, uh, Iron Mountain has 220,000 customers in North America, Europe, Latin America, Africa, and Asia. And uh, over 95% of the Fortune 1000 companies use their services to store and or manage information. That can be both physical and digital because they have physical and digital services. Most of what Iron Mountain does is a lot of those like, you know, those, uh, um, those like U-Haul places where you like drive in and like lock up your, you have like a lockable and unlockable trailer area it's like a garage door area and you could just like push it in it and pull it down and lock it and drive away you're just talking about a storage facility yeah a lot of what they do is above ground <laughs> storage facilities that's a weird way to describe it but yes i'm familiar i mean yeah you know <laughs> lockable private personal storage shit yeah sure they got a bunch they got a bunch of those they got over a thousand warehouses across all of those continents i just mentioned uh it's mostly tailored they, to like 
more sensitive information though than just like your extra shit from your basement, right? Uh yes, it is this would it's be more like fucking awesome corporate-y. if we're doing a whole episode just on storage facilities. <laughs> That would be pretty amazing if that was the guys, only point here. Guys, you could just you put, know you could you, if you have shit, you could just put it in there and fucking leave it. And then if you if you later if you want back, you can go get it and it's what still if, there. What if your what if your childhood baseball cards were safe as fuck? Uh, what if you got um, what if you one eight hundred got junk? <laughs> No, we promise it isn't a sponsored episode. <laughs> we just start episode two thirty. We just start doing real shitty product placement. <laughs> what very if, obvious. What very if uh, Twix is the best candy bar? Oh well, what if they made it this way? <laughs> Fuck! If Twix wanted to do a sponsored episode, I would potentially do a deep dive no, into how Twix bars are made. The only reason that money. we're not doing that is because. There's no interest from the corporations in doing it. Because Twix has not asked us to do a yeah. what if episode on their product. But it, like, no, we are. What I was we reading, are not doing. It's a lot of like uh, record storage because companies are obligated to keep records for X amount of years legally, and that shit takes up a lot of space if they're physical records. But you yes. also have to make sure that they're like relatively secure. Right. Right. And if you're, you know, um, a bank or somewhere that produces a shitload of information on a daily basis and you have to keep it for seven years, you got to right. store it somewhere and you can't just throw it in a warehouse because then it's not, you know, you got sensitive information on the, them, their documents. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's a huge need for that. And, and also, again, to the point of there being extra security, those documents are legally required to stick around for a while you're going to want those not just in a u-haul storage facility but in a place that's got a little bit more aggro uh a little bit more aggro security which is why what we're talking about is even though they have it's not just over a thousand it's over 1500 storage locations but there's one specifically uh important one which is located in boyers pennsylvania which I had never heard of, but it is near the city of Butler, Pennsylvania, which I had heard of because basketball. Uh, uh, sure. Is that where that university is? Boy, I hope so, because that was the way that I <laughs> understood it. <laughs> is it <laughs> isn't Butler cool. in Pennsylvania? Cool. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Christ. It's in Indiana. Okay, I fucking quit, bro. I, that's what I thought, but then for a second I had the thought of like, I was going to say, isn't it Indiana? I was like, wait, does Gordon Hayward just look like he's from Indiana? Is that why I thought that? Oh, fuck. I quit the show, man. <laughs> you said it's. You said it so confidently that I, I was, I I was willing to go with Butler it. Was, I always thought Butler was in Pennsylvania. I don't know why. Huh. Have you seen Gordon uh, Hayward? Have I seen Gordon Hayward? Yeah, there's no way he didn't go to college in Indiana. Look at that man. He looks... He looks a lot more Indiana than he does anything else. That's fair. That dude for sure went to college in Indiana and has no fewer than five kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> well, I'm saying that's what his appearance conveys to me. I, sure, I, sure, sure. I don't know if that's right or not. It's probably not because I just made it up. But <laughs> anyway, Pennsylvania, you, which you has don't... nothing to do with, with Butler basketball. 
You don't say. Um, this specific facility in Boyers, Pennsylvania, is colloquial, colloquially known as, quote, the underground, they call it. Ooh, <laughs> spooky. It is 1.7 million square feet of high security yeah, storage facility. Oh my god, that was loud. Damn that uh, fucking, boy loud. Fucking nailed the timing too. <laughs> Big and loud. Yeah, I actually found um, a uh, a great description of this place from a guy named Gary if you'd like to hear his version. Can I can I just finish that one sentence I was about to say? <laughs> no. Absolutely <laughs> <Okay>. not. <laughs> Sorry, it go is ahead. 1.7 million square feet of high yeah. security storage. <laughs> Perfect, thanks. Uh, located in a former limestone mine, uh, more than 220 feet underground. It is in a mountain, just straight up underground in a mountain. It's where you put all the best um, secrets, man. Everybody knows that. I mean, anybody who's seen seem- Austin Powers knows that's where you put the secret stuff. Mountains seem relatively nuke safe, so I kind of get it. Yeah. Uh, go go ahead and give me Charles's. Who who is this Charles person, and and where did you find their description? No Charles, but Gary Haynes from the Gary. Uh, writing for the National Press Photographers Association mm. went to Iron Mountain to. Uh, they have a bunch of photos there. That, yeah, we could talk about that. The the Corbus photos uh, owned by. Bill Gates stored at uh, Iron Mountain. So anyway, he went there to do a story about that for the National Press Photographers Association. But he describes driving into the place. And I'll just read his account quickly. When you arrive at Iron Mountain, enormous concrete barriers slow your approach. Polite but armed guards emerge from a trailer to ask where you're going. If you're unable to furnish a name of someone inside who expects you, that's as far as you'll get. When you tell them your destination, they call to confirm that you're expected. Then they inspect your car, the glove compartment, under the seats, the trunk, the spare tire area. The first encounter with Iron Mountain makes you wonder if you've somehow strayed onto the set of a James Bond film. Uh, I've covered the White House, and it's easier to get into 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue than it is to get into Iron Mountain. After they clear your car, you navigate more roadblocks and stop at a traffic arm. When the arm is raised, you proceed down a ramp into the mouth of the mountain itself. Giant steel gates open, swallow your car, and close behind you. There, there are more guards. Everyone must sign in and produce two valid pieces of photo ID. They then give you an ID badge to wear and a fire extinguisher to carry with you. If you you are told to park a few yards away to wait for your escort to arrive and lead you to their site, a half mile or more along a winding road through tunnels burrowed into this old limestone mine. Hell yeah, bro. That shit sounds serious as fuck. Yeah. That's some fucking Area 51 shit, bro. He also pointed out that uh, they have their own fire department. They generate their own electricity. They have their own uh, dehumidification, refrigeration, and air filtration systems. Their own water supply from a nearby lake. Yep. And their own plumbing system, which had to be specially designed because all of their toilets and sinks have to drain up. They can't use yep. gravity because yep. they're underground. <laughs> Right, because that <laughs> shit would just stay with them. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm I want to get into he, he's he's calling out some important things. I'm going to tell you what Iron Mountain tells you about their facility to I think help increase your confidence in its uh in its strength. Some of this has got to be to justify an extremely large price tag too, right? Absolutely no question in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh so this thing is made of concrete block and using some of the natural limestone of the area. Um, Did, wait, does says, that mean like just that just means carving out what the space that you need, right? I think it's sort of like built into the mountain, like into yeah, the limestone, okay. basically. Um, it says all facilities are designed to a minimum class A three hour fire rating, including all walls, doors, and wall penetrations. I don't know what a three hour fire rating is. Does that mean like it can that's survive the maximum time of burning for three burn? hours without being damaged? That's what I would guess. Mm, got it. I don't know if that's right. That's how that would read to me, though. Sure. Uh, they have different environmental conditions in different locations in the storage facility. So you can get storage at 72 degrees Fahrenheit, storage at 68 degrees Fahrenheit, storage at 50 degrees Fahrenheit, storage at 45 degrees Fahrenheit, and storage at 35 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Is that just because some of those are better for different materials? It is. It did make me think that 35 is essentially refrigeration, <laughs> which is like yeah. a little weird. Um, I don't know. I would think, well, um, just like going back to photos, if if you're trying to like delay chemical processes, maybe yeah. the cold is better. My, I mean, I'm sure they've figured out which one of those temperatures is perfect for right. that and use that pretty intentionally um in terms of security there's a three-ton steel gate 24-hour armed guards closed circuit security television cameras and a commercially monitored monitored central security station they market it as being impervious to man-made or natural disasters such as fire flood tornadoes lightning strikes hurricanes earthquakes or sabotage impervious to sabotage Apparently, that's a I'll, hell of a statement. It isn't it? All staff and visitors must present ID and be cleared in advance prior to their entry of the facility. There is alarm technology installed throughout the facility, including passive infrared motion detectors, photo beam detectors, sound activated microphones, and magnetic door contacts. Like, they're making this sound all very fancy. Most of it is not that, like... We have I mean, security alarms. We have microphones that come on, get this, when there's sound. <laughs> when there's sound. <laughs> yeah, dog. That's that's that sounds right. Um they have uh wet pipe or pre-action sprinklers. I don't know what that means. Gaseous fire suppression. I imagine that means so that you don't ruin a bunch of film with water. Uh, they do market their own fire brigade. Um, and let's see. It's got to be pretty tight to be a firefighter who only works at a place designed not to catch on fire. Seems like a good gig. <laughs> Seems like you're probably playing a lot of video games. You're yeah, watching man. a lot of movies. <laughs> oh, The Rock didn't catch on fire today? Okay, good. 
Oh, the rock hidden behind the three-ton steel door with... Uh... Yeah, like the, the impervious to lightning strikes. Like, yeah, dude, you're underground. I don't... Should I have been worried about lightning striking my photos 200 feet under the ground? I mean, they, it might be one of those, like, however our digital data is stored, it can't be... I know, it's just... No, they're, they're, I, I hear you. They're hamming it's it up intentionally... a little bit in these descriptions. Oh, yeah, it's intentionally very aggro. I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. Um, One thing that I uh I love about this is that they say that uh there are a variety of vaults which i'm guessing are like all the vaults are you can you can have your own vault and the vaults are held at these different different temperatures by the way the recirculating lake system that they have they use that for temperature control so they're bringing water from deeper underground and exposing certain levels of water to the vault exteriors and apparently that's what does the cooling of the actual hmm. um of the vaults themselves, which I thought was kind of fascinating. It's like water cooled because they're underground. The water's colder, et cetera, sure. et cetera. Sure. Um, there are 125, what they call quote, large vaults. So protected by another, dragons. What's that? Protected by dragons. I, I mean, it seems like that's the next step. They've got pretty much everything else going on here. You might as well get a fucking dragon in that, that beast. Water supply is actually designed to wash off any enchantments. Perfect. Perfect Potter reference. Thank you. <laughs> um, I can't for the life another... of me remember what the fuck that place is called, though. The Wizard uh, Bank. Thank you. The Gringotts Bank? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 25 smaller units, and then... Uh, one that is, they say, quote, the size of a shopping center over 220,000 square feet. Is that where you you store your very important malls? I think that's where you store your fucking dragon. <laughs> you the shopping center. Your archival strip malls. Um, to the point about, you were asking about the limestone, uh, Tom Benjamin, who's, uh, who's employed by Iron Mountain, I don't know in what capacity, says uh, that there are also um, hundreds of thousands, excuse me, hundreds of acres that are still yet to be developed, which makes me think they're probably just tunneling deeper and deeper into this mine and creating more and more vaults as demand increases. Yeah, I, I read that the entire mine is about a thousand acres and they've only used like 200 some so far. So they have plenty of area to develop and just keep building out more and yes. more and more locations. 70-some percent capacity. No, 20-some percent capacity. Whatever. <laughs> we got there. Look, we got there. <laughs> we got there. Um, well, that would make sense, though, if there's they're saying there's hundreds of acres left to develop into these fucking vaults themselves. Yeah. Um, okay, so what... What they got though. I'm right. I got distracted by the, the music angle. So that's yes. literally the extent of the, the reading that I did because I spent all of my time reading about that. That's totally fair. And um I want to hear what you learned about that. I can tell you that they as part of their security, they kind of say like, Well, we can't tell you what we have, but would, there are some things that would make sense. 
it'd make a lot of sense, but there are some things that are public knowledge, like the one you mentioned, uh, which is the Corbis photographic collection, um, which is Bill Gates's that is in a refrigerated cave. So I'm assuming you're right about the temperature. Um, universal music group stores their masters. Do you know the story uh, behind that? What's that about why universal stores their stuff there? No. In, no. Okay. This is probably worth telling briefly. Wait, 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 let's, but before you do that, I'm just going to list off a couple oh, yeah, of yeah, random yeah. things that yep. they have and then we'll go, we'll, we'll dive into the music stuff. Uh, the U S office of personnel management has a cavern, which is an incredible, they lease a cavern to store and process government employee retirement papers. And iron mountain also houses the wills of princess Diana, Charles Dickens and Charles Darwin. Why? Including. Go ahead. With some stuff like that. I don't understand why the original would be so important. Um, I think it's more just like for historical value than it is like it needs to be, you know what I mean? There's like, just, I don't think it's being preserved for like, we've got to make sure we have a copy of the original because we may need to like reference it in some way. I think it's more like, huh. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm second guessing that as I say that out loud, because there is probably some sort of legal thing where it's like, I mean, these people have these massive estates and they get passed on, you know, year over year. Or like, you know, you think of somebody like, like Sinatra's will or Sinatra's masters or, or sorry, they didn't say Sinatra's wills there, but his masters are there. Um, I don't know. Like if these people have really big estates, I would imagine they have to be referenced when things transfer hands or I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'm uh, clearly not a lawyer or have even a basic understanding of the law, but maybe you do actually need to like, in order to make changes at some point or consult the original at some need point, the original document occasionally or yeah. a photo or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, was there more or was that it? No, I was just going to say, I, I, I misspoke there, but um, Sinatra's original recordings are housed by Iron Mountain, as are masters from Sony, which reportedly has over a million of their original recordings in an Iron Mountain facility. It's not the one in uh, what the big one that we're talking about. That's in it, a separate one in New York. They have at um, least one in, you, in L.A., which I would assume there's more music and film stuff there including prince's masters got moved to the la one from warner, his studio in chanassen warner music group has all of their um what what's left of their masters has all their stuff in southern california and then also uh universal music groups as you're about to talk about those are in the the butler boyton or boyer's facility one thing that i thought was super interesting they say about the uh, the underground location is they have both a like super expensive, crazy film lab there, and they have a super crazy expensive professional music studio there. So right. that if work needs to be done with the master recordings or with any of the film that they house on premise, 
they can do stuff with it without it having to actually leave the safety of the facility. So they just permit the people that need to go work on that stuff. They do it in that that facility and then they put it back in its like storage location, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Yeah, because they used to have a lot of problems with things going missing during transportation. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. There have also been a lot of um, mysterious fires at their facilities over the years. Oh, goo. That's some Joe Exotic shit right there, baby. Yeah, dude. Uh, there's one in 97, two of their New Jersey facilities were set on fire a day apart and like burned I, uh, totally. That's a nice, nice uh, storage facility you got there. It'd be, uh, be a fucking shame if something happened to it, huh? Right. Well, I mean, when you've got like financial records or. Who knows what kind of records they're just sitting in a warehouse. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think they try and move things as, uh, as little as possible now. All right. I w- seems, we should talk about music, right. but we should also talk about better help before we do that. Let's do it. Ryan, if you go to betterhelp.com slash what if right now, yep. you can get hooked up with a professional licensed therapist Start communicating with them in as little as 24 hours. You can set up a weekly appointment. You can set up a video chat. You can text them. You can talk to them on the phone. They have iOS and Android apps, whatever's most convenient for you. And if you use our code, what if you'll get 10% off your first month of therapy? Heck yeah. Yeah, dog. You should do it because 2021 now, everybody's going to therapy. I mean, if anything, not, if anything, I think we need it more. Honestly, we certainly uh, don't need it no, less. No, no diggity, no doubt. So go to BetterHelp.com/slash What If. Yeah, start taking control of your mental health today, and you'll get ten percent off your first month of therapy if you use our code What If. All right. Um, one more quick thing, actually, before we jump in, into the the culmination of the underground. Bum bum bum. Uh, we want to rally, uh, the what if family really quick around, uh, a specific listener every once in a while, uh, somebody in the what if family has something happen and we're in a place to maybe, uh, help out or actually in this situation, we're hoping maybe some of you are in a place to help out. Um, we have a listener who just recently lost their home, uh, in a fire actually legitimately yesterday, they lost their home in a fire and um, they're having a tough time. They lost pretty much everything in the fire. Uh, it's the Glover family and uh, they're avid listeners of the show and supporters. And uh, we want to help them out a little bit. So um, if you're in a place where you could support some listeners in the what if family, um, you can go to linktree.com slash Ryan Coppard is my name. You know how to spell it. If you look at the artwork on the show or whatever it might be, linktree.com slash Ryan Coppard. And there's a link at the top of my link tree called help the go help the Glovers recover. Um, it's a link to their GoFundMe. They're trying to raise some money to get back some personal belongings, uh, clear the rubble of their home and, um, kind of start over. So if you're in a place to help out the Glover family, um, and, and someone in the what if family, we try to help out uh, when stuff like this crosses our path where we think we can. And uh, yeah, so if you can do that, uh, linktree.com slash Ryan Copper, click on Help the Glovers, and uh, we'll see if we can help out 
somebody in the what if fam who needs some support because lord knows y'all have supported us when we've needed it and so we're gonna try and pay it back a little bit here all right cool this is um well i guess now we transition to things burning down yeah that was probably not the right transition didn't think about that one all right so (laughs) universal studios uh, in California has their back lot where they shoot a lot of movies and TV shows. And, um, they also had a warehouse where they stored, it was a 22,000 square foot warehouse, um, also known as the video vault. So they stored original film, uh, canisters for thousands of TV shows, movies, but they also had about a third of it was sound recordings owned by Universal Music Group. Sure. Which is currently the largest record label in the world. So they have, it, name a famous artist and there's about a 50-50 chance that they're signed to Universal. And thusly have their masters or recordings or both or etc housed in and around that facility well in 2008 they did yeah um, at that time yeah so on june 1st 2008 at about 4 30 in the morning a fire started on the back lot of universal studios that originated on the roof of a set that was being built they were like redoing the roof with asphalt shingles which involves using blowtorches to heat the asphalt and stick the shingle. And if you don't know anything about nitrate film, uh-huh. that shit's flammable as fuck. Well, so the the set they were working on was like on the other side of the lot, but this fire started and spread across the lot and eventually reached this warehouse where they stored all the film. And basically the entire warehouse burned to the ground. They had 12 fire trucks out on the back lot trying to put out these fires. They drained a nearby lake at one point because they needed more water to try and put them out. Damn! They still weren't able to put any of out any of it out, so eventually after fighting it for almost 24 hours, they ended up just bulldozing the burn the buildings that were burning so that the fire couldn't spread farther. So they bulldozed burning buildings just to contain, like, the fire to one area. Oof. Burned for over over 24 hours and wasn't fully out until the following day. You can't, that's like a, that's like a situation where as you're bulldozing, you, like, can't think about it. Because just, like, thinking about what you're bulldozing is just, like, ugh. Yeah. Well, and I don't think, I don't think the people who were doing it probably knew what was in there at the time. Um, Because like they didn't understand how intense it was. No. And like a lot of the reporting at the time was that none or very few original recordings were lost in that fire. Universal was, uh, was initially saying to the press, like those were mostly, copies they weren't master recordings like we have oh, that's good. versions elsewhere uh which turned out to not be true 
and may have Ooh. been either they honestly didn't know what they had because they had hundreds of thousands of things in there that weren't well cataloged. Sure. There's some speculation that it was also um, an attempt to downplay what they had lost because they were in the process of being acquired and a lot of their value was tied to the fact that they owned master recordings from, you know, people like, well, every pop artist from the last 70 years, uh, including, you know, Beatles recordings and Sinatra recordings and everyone and everybody. It's, it's the, it's quite literally the, this is fine meme. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's on fire here. We're talking Our like entire masters going back to the forties from like Duke Ellington, Judy Garland, Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Bing Crosby, Etta James, Buddy Guy. All. Oh, uh, no, no. The acquisition is fine. Uh, we honestly, we, well, we didn't even really need those. I don't know why we were storing them anyway. We got like three, four, five <laughs> copies of those things. This is just that's just some extra shit. I mean, the, the, I, honestly, they're just doing us a favor getting it out of here. We didn't lose anything. The list is absolutely bonkers. Like, I'll, I'll, I've said a bunch, but I'll hit a few more, I guess, highlights. Uh, Ray Charles, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Burl Ives, BB King. Neil Diamond, Sonny and Cher, Joni Mitchell, Cat Stevens, Gladys Knight, Al Green, Elton John, Leonard Skinner, Eric Clapton, Christ. The Eagles, Aerosmith, Steely Dan, Barry White, The Police, Sting, R.E.M., Janet Jackson, Bobby Brown, Queen Latifah, Mary J. Blige, No Doubt, 50 Cent, Eminem, The Roots, like Tupac, Sheryl Sh- Crow, Beck, Nirvana, Snoop Dogg. Good God. Yeah, <laughs> Good God. right? Like all of these. Literally everyone. Yes. And for 70-ish years. And at the time, uh, Deutsche Bank had recently significantly raised their valuation of Universal Music Group to $33 billion. Woo-wee! And uh, Apple, Amazon, and Alibaba were all rumored to be like bidding for Universal. Got it. So they didn't, it, it could be that they didn't want to come out and say like, Hey, um, all that shit that you guys just said is worth 33 billion. We lost probably a bunch of it, but we also can't really tell you for sure <laughs> because, because we don't know what was in there. Right. And like, it, it seems like to some extent they didn't fully have all of it cataloged, especially the older stuff. A lot of which like universal music group grew to be the biggest record label in the world by acquiring dozens of smaller labels. So it wasn't like there was a consistent chain of command for all this stuff either. That's like we bought up impulse, the, the jazz label. We never actually had anything to do with. We just bought their whole catalog and now it's ours or like, so bring that shit over here, put it on these shelves. We don't have like a, a, like this is the, this is the filing, logging, cataloging system universally applied to every single, you know, recording that we have. It just is their recordings that we have here. Right. And if we want to reissue a Coltrane record, we know it's in there. Yeah. And we call you guys up and say, hey, how would we find the Coltrane record we want to redo? And you tell <laughs> us how, what it's labeled as. Right. And if it's important, you know, we can pay somebody to spend a few days finding it. 
shit got post-it notes on it and shit. <laughs> well, Cold train, I, honestly, final, man, final dot wave. <laughs> like one of the things, <laughs> right. One of the things in this, there's a huge New York Times article about this um, written by Jody Rosen in 2019. But one of the things they talk about is the, you know, they're trying to sort of make the point of like why this shit, the originals are so important in an age where like everything exists digitally, right? Like if I want to, right, it's not like when this fire happened, I couldn't go listen to Elton John on Spotify anymore, right? Like right. all the right. music is still out in the world. It always will exist in some form probably, but those are copies of copies of copies of copies, Right. And it's a distillation of what was originally recorded. Right? right. It's it's one version of what was there. When we're talking about the masters, it's not just the songs, but it's like the entire recordings. So it's all all the takes that didn't get used. If there were songs that right. got left off the record, alternate right. takes of things, conversations between takes. When right. They were talking about uh the Beatles Sgt. Pepper's stuff, they revisited the original masters. And there are like in the canister handwritten mix notes from George Martin about like, Damn. because with the multi-track stuff, like they were, so you have the multi-track session that has, you know, guitar on this track, vocals on this track, bass on this track, whatever, whatever. But then you're mixing that down to either one track or two if it's stereo. Right. So if you pull up and they were doing it like live, there's no digital version of the actual mix right you're pulling up the tapes and you're running it through a console and george martin is setting levels and eqing it and compressing it and whatever else he's doing and then that hits the tape so if you want to go back to the originals well george martin can't mix it again right so like having the beatles producers handwritten notes in the fucking canister is kind of important to being able to recreate the sound yeah in any way shape or form Right. Or also like, which take did you use for this one, bud? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are we gonna go like play each take under the like the the mixed version and go like, was it that one or was it that one? Right. And when you were uh, you were talking about the studio in uh, in one of these Iron Mountain facilities, yeah, there's there's one in in the underground in the Boyer's one. It makes a ton of sense because like even formats of things you know you think about like yeah you go back to the 40s like everything was going to tape up until i mean even then this was 08 like not too much earlier than that like tape was still standard in most studios right like you right. were mixing to tape at least until like the late 90s but like by sure. default so we're only like 10 years removed from there only being masters on tape which just gives you a impression of the volume of tape. Right. And like, if you ever just wanted to even just re reissue an album as is, you would need that. Right. 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 Yeah. For and sure. the formatting of like, well, what, you know, what can we even play this back on? Especially when you get into like the obsolete digital formats and shit where like digital audio tapes and all that stuff of like, we need a way to even even if we want to transfer this, we need a bunch of different equipment and knowledge and stuff just to like transfer this to a digital format. Right. Anyway, um, so there were they they put the final estimate at so 
Universal Music Group was saying publicly at the time, like, we don't really think we lost much of anything. I think it was mostly redundant copies of things. It sucks, but like, it's fine. And then they were litigating at the same time in relation to, I would assume, for insurance purposes and stuff. The the financial value of their losses? Yeah. And privately or in that in those court proceedings asserted that, quote, an estimated 500,000 unique song titles were lost. Woof. So they, and this was years later after they, you know, probably took a long time to assess, like, uh, do we have a copy of the Carpenter's first record somewhere? Check all these places. Yeah. No. Okay. Go it must've burned up. Yeah. You know, that's got to take years to sort all that out. Right. But yeah, 500,000 unique songs gone sort of kind of forever. Like some version of them yeah. probably still exist for the most part, but like I, I would guess a lot of that, especially like forties and fifties stuff that they had acquired might not exist digitally. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would bet particularly when you talk about the rare unreleased B sides, right. All that shit. That's just probably mixed in with all that shit. And that shit's even hard to quantify because I bet you a lot of that stuff, like you don't know, you don't know you like, there are probably very few people who can tell you exactly what is in all of the recordings from that Carpenter's record. No. I mean, maybe no people, there might and, not be anyone alive who can tell you even them. They might go like, I don't know. We recorded a bunch of shit. I don't remember if we recorded extra songs. Like I, the one thing, like as you go farther back, it was more, it was more relatively expensive to record. Right. So and, there wasn't probably a ton of extra stuff you didn't know about. Yeah. Like when you had to have, you know, there was maybe one studio in X city and you were paying a shitload of money hourly and an engineer and for tape and you couldn't really edit. So you just had to sort of get the take. Right. Right you probably weren't going in there and just being like, I don't know, we'll, we'll record a bunch of stuff and then figure it out later. So like, it's probably not the farther back you go, the you probably lose less in that sense. But like, but there's a lot of unquantifiable stuff in there that we don't even know what we lost. I mean, a big chunk of that has got to be like full albums, finished records that like probably just don't exist now. There's, there's yeah. an estimate in this New York times article from, Oh, I forget who the person was. Uh, the Library of Congress estimated, this is in 2013, so it's probably higher now, but in 2013, they estimated that less than 18% of commercial music had been transferred and made available through streaming services. Whoa. So that's like, that's not, you know, like me making a, a song in my house and it sitting around. This is like, commercially released music less than a quarter right. of it was available digitally right woof yeah woof so there's got to be Yikes. a ton of like unique stuff that just poof. what say what say the year of the fire again oh wait oh wait and they did have so like this is a there wasn't as much cloud-based storage either so a lot of that stuff too was like there were hard drives with things on them where Right. Maybe other digital copies existed, but like that was the digital copy, which even that seems just 
insane. Just yeah, asinine now to yeah. have that be your system if that was the case. But yeah. So long story short, well, not long story short, but to to tie it off, what you're saying is after that they moved this, all their shit to Iron Mountain. <laughs> in 08, UMG was like. Hey, you know what would be great if we didn't ever have any fucking asphalt blowtorches go anywhere yeah. near our very flammable tape or of all of our very expensive and not redundant things that we need to preserve. Or uh, if this happens again, Drake is suing someone other than us. <laughs> Drake is suing sure. Iron Mountain instead of Universal Music Group. Right. Or we're suing Iron Mountain agreement. for $10 billion to cover our losses, you know. Right, right, right. But yeah, to think that well, like the all all copies of all of Buddy Holly's music were in one place that wasn't is that was flammable is is just stupefying. And not just flammable, but a, around a lot of other flammable things. And then they allowed somebody to work with an open blowtorch anywhere near it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the fire traveled quite a ways from its initial location, but yes, agreed. I just, it should have been in a mountain is where it should have been. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it should have been in a temperature controlled gas fire putting out fucking mountain shopping center vault. When, you're, when your assets are valued at $33 billion... And a good chunk of those assets are recordings and film. You should probably make sure that it's pretty safe. You should probably make sure it can't be hit by lightning inside of a mountain. Yes. Somewhere. That, it, that you're impervious to sabotage. I um. Let's put I impervious to sabotage on the list, by the way. I meant to say it earlier and I forgot. Impervious to sabotage is a fantastic addition to the list. I completely agree. I would love to talk to somebody anonymously who knows more about what's in here just because I think it would be so sa so satisfying and fascinating to know, like, because I think them having all of UMG's masters is fucking incredible and so fascinating. And I would love to like, I mean, how, how cool would it be to just fucking walk through there and just look at shit and see what's there? Yeah. But that to me feels like it doesn't even scratch the surface of like the depth of no. and intensity of the type of shit that is probably held in these very specific conditions. No, that's just where I got the most sidetracked and then stopped looking at other no, shit. No, absolutely. <laughs> and I think it is absolutely fascinating and I'm glad we sidetracked on it, particularly because like media is absolutely a thing that you need the originals of and have to be kept at very specific temperatures and are susceptible to things like fire because they're flammable and like all that stuff. So it's like, that makes a lot of sense that a huge volume of it is those types of things. I just think, you know, they've got like a level four department of defense security clearance at this place because of oh, their yeah. like security measures that they put in place. And it just makes me go like, what the fuck else is there? Maybe what are you refrigerating? What? Yeah. Maybe, what? maybe 35 degrees with 40% humidity is most comfortable for the, the reptilians. What kind of heads you got in there, yo? <laughs> Whose head you saving so we can I guess the bring them back later? The reptilians would need a, a, a hot environment, but the, the gray is like 35 and humid. Right. We're just recreating other planets and giving people real big hotel rooms. Yeah. They live in caves naturally. It's just, it's only it's logical. A, it's an extension. And we got to put them behind a three foot or a 
three-ton steel door because, you know, they got to... Don't want to let them out. We don't want to let them free. <laughs> that, but we want to keep them comfortable. That's where we, we interface them, with the, uh, the Middle Earth folk or the, the Hollow Earth folk. Oh, now, see, now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we got we got Drake's records there. Also, a portal to the center of the planet, <laughs> where we where we meet and hang out with our planet interplanet buddies. Look, the Hollow Earth people really like Ariana Grande. So sorry, that's where we gotta keep Bro, the tapes. That's what the recording studio is. They're making cross species hits, and that's how they're gonna announce it. They're gonna be like, "Hey, yo, we come in peace with a banger." Ariana Grande featuring Zip Zap. We made a heat rock <laughs> in the center of the planet. It's where they're made, man. That's where you get hot rocks from. It's where you get, bro, hot rocks making heat rocks. Zip Zap bringing that it. lava on the new, on the new Ariana Grande song. Yo, he had bars. I don't know what he was saying, but he had bars, bro. Glibity blur blah zibity zap. My name is Zip Zap, and I'm here to say, Skip Zap's good blah 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 In a major way. In a major way. All right, buddy. We made it. All right. All right, friends. Thank y'all for being here. We love you. Thanks for supporting the show. There's a handful of things you can do if you feel so motivated to do it. Send us an email. It's hi at whatifpodcast.com. Leave us a voicemail, 612-246-4614. Apparently, you can hit on us if you want to do that via voicemail. Hell yeah, you can. You can buy shout-outs like Crystal did. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> go to shop.whatifpodcast.com. Also, there are posters and mugs and hoodies and hats there for you as well. Oh. Uh, if you want to uh, get some help, you can go to betterhelp.com slash if. You can help the Glovers by going to linktree.com slash Ryan Copperwood and click on help the Glovers recover. And if you want to leave us a review, you can go to iTunes or wherever you leave reviews for podcasts and tell the people how you feel about us. It means the world to us. Thank you very much for the participation. If you want more podcasts, go to patreon.com slash what a podcast. Get more episodes every week. I love you. No, I can't stop yelling, cause that's how I talk!